Hello, and welcome to Modern Homemakers. I'm Leah Parker, and I'm here with Donna Otto, and she has um, written a book called Finding a Mentor, Being a Mentor. <laughs> and we, we have exciting giveaway options for you, but we'll get into those at the end of the uh, podcast. But I would like to start by just asking where to start, where to start with mentoring. <laughs> I, I feel like as a woman in, I don't know if I'm considered middle-aged anymore. I'm not exactly sure where that starts. <laughs> you are not considered middle-aged unless you hope you die very early. I mean, 85 <laughs> might not be bad. Might not be bad. Um, and I have, I have space for mentoring, but where, where do we start? Mm, that's a very good question. And the thing about that question is even after I give you the answers, you'll be saying, I assure. <laughs> because really where we start, to your basic question, is by believing that God has called us to do it, not by believing that we're qualified. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, I've told this story thousands of times, and you've heard it yourself. But for those of us who are new to the ministry or new to these podcasts, it is exactly what started the work of homemakers. Because those girls came and asked me simply if I would mentor them. That was the word they used. And I, you know, you know the story. I don't say no thank you. I just said no. Mm. I'm probably more emphatic than that because that was daunting. I was a little younger than you are. And I said no. And they didn't quit. In the meantime, the Lord, who I kept asking, what was it about that? And some of that was my own insecurity. Some of that was a residue of shame. But most of it was I had this notion of what a mentor looked like. So where you start, probably, Leah, is not so much in looking for someone to mentor as much as looking for what is your heart saying about it? Do you feel any of those three things I just mentioned? And if so, straighten them out. Mm, that's good. Yeah. Well, I usually have a decent answer. I appreciate your your your, your response, though. I like that. I it's mean, good. my 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 next question always is, um, I don't. In this, maybe an overstatement, oversimplification. I don't feel like this generation wants to be mentored. Yes, it's that's, a very information forward. I already know. I've already got my. And they're not looking for any input. Okay, so I'm throwing it back on you. Why do you think? they give the appearance of not wanting it. Um, hmm. Why do I think that they, they, I mean, they don't, they're not open to suggestion. They're more, it feels like they are more interested in um, saying what they believe than interested in what anybody else has to say. Yes. So we're going to talk about that because in the next few days that'll come up because we're not there in a mentoring role to tell them anything. Mm. We're there to listen to them. Mm. We're, we're there to be an observer of their lives. And I think this generation is exactly what you said. They have an even greater air of, I don't need this. Mm. But my word for it is relationships. Mm. How easy is it or how hard is it to make a new relationship? It's very complicated. And now you're going to, what? Knock on the door and say, here I am, your mentor. <laughs> and, and they A, don't know what that is, generally speaking, or what you're going to bring. The, the best part about mentoring, and in the next days I'm going to give some bulky words that we can all live with, is it's, you're going to do it differently than I did. 
the real oh, the really the only issue is really are you going to do it mm. and i have known women who've lived a whole lifetime and just folded their arms and said no not me i feel badly for them mm. because they lost yeah not not just because what god gave them they didn't pass on but there's nothing sweeter and i had to because i was preparing for these sessions i had to write an email to a friend who we had had this conversation about what does the mentor bring who what do we call the other girl is she a mentee well what what are those names and of course in my world these women have been called daughters of my heart mm. because i have a daughter now there's a clue in that what what do you think that really means leah the difference between daughters of your heart and your daughter yes um, I think daughters of your heart, the Lord places in your life to mentor or um, just love and listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, but your daughter of your, your your body, your daughter, it starts at a much younger age, and there's a greater responsibility for the daughter. Yeah, it's, no, uh, yeah, and I'd add to that. Not only it, it's given to you by God. This is not a choice. Yeah, this is not a mentoring relationship. This is a mother-daughter relationship, and it has its struggles because we're alike. And uh, it's for a lifetime. And we're mentoring it's for a lifetime relationships exactly. could. But stop the second, and start. the secondary part of that is that sometimes young women um, take the notion that they have a stinky mother. Mm. I can't tell you how many young women have said to me, oh, I wish you were my mother. And you know what I always say is, oh, no, you don't. (laughs) (laughs) You absolutely don't. But it's true on the other side. Mm. Um, Women who don't have children or don't have daughters or who have stinky daughters, and we can all be stinky daughters, can't we? I know I was. Um, We could say, okay, let's go looking for some replacement of that and of all things I'll say about mentoring in these days to come which are many um, that's not what this is about so you daughters of the heart came about because we didn't like the word mentee Mm. I do want to be called a mentee I don't know there's something about it I felt like a fish in the ocean Mm. so we just looked around and the truth was these women do get into our hearts so today I want to talk about um, sort of the prayer of it, the traits of it, the 11 traits of it. Um, Many of these notions are fraught with theological implications, and I'm not going to do more than give you passages. So, Leah, I'm not sure if you write all the passages and put them all up. Mm -hmm. So then there'll be four or five passages with every trait. Okay, so the first is a calling and a purpose. The first is a calling and a purpose. Uh, the Lord has a plan to prosper the generations, to give them hope and to give them future. We know that in all things, He works for good, and we are called for His purposes. So we are called to remind the younger people that no matter what their circumstances are, He knew that. He is allowing for it before they were even born. Mm -hmm. Sovereignty of God in the very first idea of mentoring, calling, and purpose. We want to encourage them, give them passion for this calling that God has given them. Jeremiah 29, 11, Romans 8, 28, Psalms 
139, 13-16, and 2 Corinthians 5.20. Now, if we were in a classroom, I'd just hand you a document, and you'd have all that, but we're not, and I'm awfully glad we're not. I'm thankful for the vehicle of podcasting. The second is character. That's a very big word and defined in many ways. But many generations of believers have always maintained what the psalmist said, and that is that we are to have clean hands and a pure heart. Clean hands and a pure heart. Rather than being informed or conformed to the world, we are called to be the transformative person that God has called us to be by having our minds renewed and to looking for Christ-like examples to be a Christ-like person in the world we live in. Psalm 24, 4, Romans 12, 2, and 1 Timothy 4, 12. The third word is discernment, and that's a big word. That has multiple implications, and certainly the Scripture gives us many places to talk about discernment. It also gives, uh, gives discernment as one of the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, The enemy allows us to fall into places where we have to discern for ourselves. So learning how to discern what is of God and what is of the world and what is of myself versus what he's calling to me can be a very important part of an individual's life. I spend a lot of time with women and men in a practice called spiritual direction, And the entire purpose of that work is to help an individual learn how to discern God's voice for them. Mm. Does he speak to us? Yes. Yes, he does. Do we always hear it, listen to it, or understand it? So we don't. Uh, So a a mentor helps help us to live in that obedience. 1 Timothy 3.9, 2 Corinthians 2.11, John 17, 17, and 2 Corinthians 10, 5. Then comes a big word, and we're going to talk, we're going to have one uh, podcast before we break for summer this year on this broad subject of friendships. And I think when we look at our lives in uh, looking ahead with some foresight, when we look currently in the mix of wherever we are, And when we look back to see where we've been, friendships should be there. Friendships should be there. I did one of those very older woman kind of things just recently. I came out of a grocery store and there were five high school girls sitting around a table laughing and carrying on. And they had their books, but you could tell it's about time to blow away school and start summer. And I walked over to them and I said, are you all high schoolers? And they said, yes. And I said, I I stand here looking at you and I, I remember days just like this. And I want you to know, in a group of high schoolers that I went to high school with, they could see my face. They know how old I am or about how old I am anyway. And I said, four of those girls, 45 years later, are still my friends. Hmm. And I hope that you'll consider what you're doing right now and look into the future. And two of them, who obviously were bestie buddies, kind of raised their hands and looked like this, you know, back and forth at each other and said, let's do that. And I thought, 
that's the kind of thing an older woman can say, not as a mandate or a command, Mm -hmm. but an offering. Mm -hmm. So some of it is giving your life away. I consider the daughters of my heart my friends. They're my younger friends, and if I have to categorize them, that's what they are. But that doesn't mean we don't have a friendship. I learn from them. I think, especially in this fast-paced culture where I know less about technology by gargantuan proportions, I look to them and I learn things about fashion and film and technology and how friendships look today and what love and romance looks like today as well. First Samuel 16 and 7, Ecclesiastes 4.10, and First Thessalonians 5.11. Money. How does money fit into scriptural notions? I think how we have money, how we spend our money, how we save our money. And I must tell a story about the Mentors for Mothers program, which I'll talk about throughout these days, a program that I founded in the late 90s. And in our local church, we matched literally one older woman with one younger woman. Now, we had three young women for every one older woman. There were three young women saying, I would like a mentor. Please give me a mentor. And one of the young women, oh, how do I categorize her? Beautiful, stunning, perfectly clad in whatever was the fashion of that day, uh, financially in very good shape, married to someone who was quite public and uh, notable. And so the way we drew who was to get what mentor was literally by going back to finding out what the disciples did when they had to add a disciple. They threw lots. So we put the names in a pot, and we pulled them out. And this stunning woman got a girl who was at least 75 or 78. She had had trouble with her feet and had been wisely wearing tie-up Oxford-looking shoes a khaki skirt, and a plaid shirt for most of her adult life. And this young woman came to me after the session was over. Very, She was very gracious about it, but she basically said, I don't think this is going to work. <laughs> and I said to her, why is that? Well, it doesn't appear we have a lot in common. That's, that was her remark. And so I said, would you just do me one favor? Will you spend two weeks with her? finding out who she is, because this woman had come from the exact same place. It was only God who could have put those two women together, except she was at the far end of that story, and this young woman was the beginning of it. They turned out to be life friends. Uh, The young woman was at that woman's funeral when she passed. 1 Timothy 6.10 Ecclesiastes 5.10 and Philippians 4.19. This is a word we don't use very often in the church, but I think it's an important word. It's a moral compass. Older women mentors become a moral compass. It's not so much about teaching what the scripture says to do or not to do, but about what the generation is tempted, where we're tempted beyond our own abilities, our own personal temptations, which vary greatly. And I think it helps a younger woman have power to resist the temptations which 
often can lead to addictions, sensuality, dishonesty. I'll never forget a woman who came to me and said, uh, I just heard my mentor say she was giving her travel points to someone, and I know that's against the rule. And I thought, ah, here lies the way we live our lives when we live our lives in a mentoring young woman, older woman situation, because the older woman had no idea that's what she was doing. But the younger woman understood the rules. She said, what shall I do about that? What would you have told her? Okay, Leah, the question's on you. What would you have told her? Well, I'm, you know me, I'm not, I don't color in the gray a lot. I'm like, go tell her you're not supposed yeah. to do that. <laughs> exactly. And explain to her why exactly. it's against the rules. And, yeah. and, and gently. Gently. Because yes. it was not an intentional, it was an oversight, but it was still a moral compass issue. So 1 Peter 3.15, Acts 1.8 and 4.29. Needless to say, this is uh, role modeling in many ways. Uh, most of what we do with a mentor and mentee relationship, a woman and a daughter of the heart, is reinforced just by our lifestyle. What we do, what we say, where we go, how we live, how we love people, how we love our family, how we love our husbands, how many times we've been married and divorced. I mean, all of these things play a, a, a serious role in the relationship. Um, 10, uh, spiritual growth. Uh, this is obviously the key. We don't say, would you come and help me grow spiritually? But spiritual growth is singularly the most important thing in any human being who has given their life and has chosen to believe that Jesus is the Lord and the Savior. And so when we get in these rich relationships with younger and older um, we have an opportunity to talk about the places that we follow Christ, how hard those places have been, where we failed, where we succeeded, and how we've succeeded. Galatians 2.20, 2 Corinthians 5.17, and Luke 2.52. And the last thing I think, and we're going to talk about this again in this series, is a bit of a surrender submission. That's a very hard place. If you ask anyone, do they like authority? Those who are postured to know that the answer should be yes, will say yes. But those of us who are honest will say, I don't like anyone telling me what to do. I'll never forget. I'll never forget. Someone in my life who is a peer of mine said that statement like it was shocking. You know, I don't like being told what to do. And I looked at her and I thought, she's quite serious. So I couldn't go, <laughs> you and the whole wide world. And so I say this to our audience. If you think you are the only one in the world who has a problem with authority, think again. No one likes to be told what to do. And that's why in the mentoring a daughter of the heart relationship, we're not in that position. We're in the position to live life together. If she has a question, you're there to answer it. If she wants to know something about your life, and if you're doing some study together, which we hope you are, um, you'll have opportunity to do that. 
Hebrews 13 and 17, and Ephesians 6, 2 through 3. Now, one of the things I know is going to become a question, and right before I turn this back to Leah, who's going to tell you how to enter our little, what are we calling this? Giveaway. Giveaway. Enter our giveaway. Okay, thanks. In the back of this book, Finding a Mentor, Being a Mentor, I did something that actually my publisher and I had a series talk about because I added something like 45 additional pages to the book. And those pages are a 30-week mentoring guide. So I want to wave away what many of you are thinking, but I don't know what to do and I don't know how to do it. Okay, so those of you who are going to win one of these books, you'll have all the answer. The rest of you, I hope you'll buy one of these books. But it is a simple format. It has plan, prepare, and pray. It has share together. It has questions to talk about. And it has information on the subject that each chapter affords us. So it's a guide for 30 individual times with a new daughter of your heart. Well, thank you. And like Donna said, we are giving away 20 of these, right? Is that the first 20 people that come to the website and they fill out a connection card? If you look on the website under connect, you can give us your name, your email, and the subject if you'd put finding a mentor in there. And the message, give us the name of the woman that just the first name is fine, that you are planning on mentoring and your address and you will get put into the drawing for a giveaway so they're well, the first 20 okay not the, it's not a okay yeah first 20 their name their name the name of the person they're okay. mentoring and their address and oh. their address hard address hard address. no email can't send a book to an email we can't send, correct <laughs> give us your mail address your snail mail as they say snail mail so we are modern homemakers and remember the common begin and the uncommon finish Go out today and make it an uncommon day by finding where the Lord wants you to be a mentor.